nothing seems to be able to stop this bull market right now. Jim Russell joins us. He's a principal and portfolio manager at Ball and Gainer. They manage $20.6 billion, and he joins us right now. He's based in Cincinnati. Uh, and uh, I guess, Jim, you know, one of the things I'm sort of interested in is, you know, the duration of this bull market. We had this conversation we had on Bloomberg Markets yesterday uh, also, but the duration of this bull market is making some people nervous. And I, and I wonder where you see people start. If, if you see that, number one, from, from the, uh, your customers, and, and secondarily, what, what kind of things do you put them in that can make them be less nervous? Corey, those are great questions. We do have those conversations every day. We manage money for both institutional and private clients. And i got to tell you, in meetings of each type of client, we hear that type of concern articulated. Uh, it, the, the bull market is long, uh, but uh, there's an old saying out there, and I think you've heard it a time or two, and that is uh, bull markets do not die of old age. Uh, you know, uh, we are watching a variety of metrics uh, pretty closely because – you know, things may be about as good as they can get. Now, whether they can be sustained, uh, we're getting ready to find out. But we do see the earnings picture is pretty bright. Uh, we see valuations as elevated. Uh, we see inflation low. We see interest rates low. We see the consumer in very good shape. And perhaps we even get a tax package. But all of those things are very visible and have probably been priced into the market. So uh, as dividend uh, growth investors, uh, we feel that uh, low volatility dividend paying equities may be one way to go to dampen the volatility and almost assure uh, some degree of return through the dividend. Dividend growth? What's that? Like, uh, that's like an oxymoron. That's like military intelligence. That's like, uh, <laughs> you know, what, dividend growth? What, what, what is that? Sure. Dividend growth is an investment uh, philosophy that we have here at Ball and & Gainer, and we invest only in common stocks that, uh, A, pay a dividend, and, B, grow their dividend every year. And so we try to accomplish for our clients anywhere from 6 to 8% income growth just from the dividend uh, alone uh, on an annual basis. And so uh, what those types of stocks have, Corey, is usually a little bit less downside volatility attached to them. They do have, over a business cycle, pretty good total return characteristics as well. well me, and we me, do think me, that... Let me push back a little bit. So I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of companies like, you know, a company paying a dividend of, of 8 9%. Is right. or, or paying a 5% dividend is going to see 4%, 5% price appreciation. Those are hard to come by. I mean, you know, I look at like, a, like yeah. a, I do a screen on, on big companies paying dividends. You look at like Energy Transfer Partners, right? right? A beloved uh, a dividend payer paying a 12% dividend, but the stock's down 23%. So to get your 12% dividend, you had to lose 23% of your initial investment. Yeah, let me clarify. The dividend uh, growth stocks that we invest in usually have dividend yields right around 3%, 3%, but again, grow their dividends anywhere from 6 to 8% per year every year. Many of them grow them much higher than that. Avago, uh, which is now called Broadcom, right. doubled its dividend. J.P. Morgan reported earnings this morning, 16.8% increase in uh, their dividend to the investors over the last 12 months. And Texas Instruments is also a name that we're using, also a strong dividend grower. So you don't have to really go and explore the high end of the dividend spectrum to get that type of attribute. Uh, indeed, Texas Instruments up 28% this year, in addition to paying a 2.7% dividend. Um, right. Do you, do you, is your screening process such that you look for companies that have been increasing dividends, or are you doing this sort of income statement work to recognize that some costs are going to go down or, or, or profits going to grow enough that they'll be able to? 
two great questions there. We do both. Uh, we do think that the management philosophy at the company has to have the dividend as a priority for excess cash flow. We do do a lot of income statement, and but more specifically, cash flow analysis right. to make sure that the dividend can be paid by internally generated cash. We're not interested in companies that have to go out and borrow or issue equity to meet the dividend obligation. Uh, what about in, in terms of sort of uh, capital expenditures and, uh, driven through uh, acquisitions? I, 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 have, I know I've, I never love the the, the the classic definition of, ca of cash flow. A free cash flow would be you know cash flow from operations, uh, uh, you know minus the the cost of capex. But it doesn't usually include M and A, and there's so much M and A these days that a lot of companies right. sort of true free cash flow is kind of hidden. Yeah, you raise a great point. No, there's no excuses here. Uh, we uh, all capex has to be included. Uh, share repurchase has to be included. Uh, M&A has to be included. Debt pay down has to be included. And we want money left over to pay the dividend. Again, we think that the management philosophy and mindset around the dividend is key. That's why we inter interview all of our managements. You know, let's be clear. Google could pay a dividend if they chose to. Facebook could pay a dividend if they chose to. Uh, but they, uh, frankly, have investments that may have higher rates of return, and they may have decided, you know, we would uh, prefer to pay a dividend down the road and not immediately. So the management team has to not only have the cash flow available to pay the dividend, but also prioritize the dividend in order for it to happen. Uh, that's interesting. Now, in terms of the screening process, how, how do you start to identify these companies that, that maybe where the dividend is going to change? Right. Uh, a, a, certainly a history of dividend growth uh, is, is useful. Uh, we would also tell you we look for extremely high levels of cash generation by operations. Again, not via financing, uh, not via uh, selling divisions, but organically driven cash flow that are able to meet the obligations of the operating company right. uh, via the cash flow and, again, have money left over. So, uh, frankly, it's, it's a process. It's a little bit of a mosaic. There's no computer screen that will give you uh, that type of run, although anybody can screen for what were the fastest growth dividend growers in sure. the S&P 500 or some other index pretty easily. It's the sustainability of that record. We have had, of course, many companies maybe uh, wander off the reservation, GE. Coca-Cola, a few others, uh, no longer meet our, our dividend uh, criteria and, and are ineligible to, to be held at this particular time. Really interesting stuff. Jim Russell, I really appreciate your time. Uh, interesting conversation. Jim Russell, Portfolio Manager at Ball & Gainer. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets and Corey Johnson live at the Commonwealth Financial Network Conference in San Diego, of course.